Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Jamer K podcast. Today we have two people on today, which is awesome because I've never done this before. Um, we got two members from the band Fence Cutter. Would you guys like to introduce yourselves? Hello. Uh, yeah, my name is Avery. I play guitar. My name is Jason. I am the frontman. That's awesome. I've actually had my eye on you guys for um, quite some time. It's probably been maybe like almost two months because I uh, first had on uh, Nate Prosciutti from Choice to Make and he actually um, mentioned that I should have you guys on and he sent me your guys' um, Bandcamp link and I checked you guys out and I was like, wow, like this band is really good and I'm surprised like not a lot more people are talking about them. So I'm actually really excited to have you guys on today. And um, can you tell me about how Fence Cutter came to be? Um, yeah, sure. Well, first of all, thank you for, you know, the kind words and everything. And shout out to Nate. He's, he's awesome. Tristan makes awesome. Um, well, I, I was like booking shows when I was like, it was like senior year of high school for me. And there was, uh, this one band I would book pure grip was like a local band and they were friends with Jason. So Jason would go with them, this band pure grip to come to like, all their shows, including the ones that I booked for them. This was literally like out of my mom's basement, like back in high school. So that's how I met Jason. And then the bass player, Pure Grip, is the bass player, Fence Cutter, and his name is Juan. And uh, we started like jamming in summer of 2016, uh, just like trying to like figure out what exactly we were trying to do. And then like it all sort of started to like actually come together into like a actual band by by like 2000 early 2017 which is when like we got had like our first like full lineup we put out a demo played a bunch of shows and then recently we uh just i guess yeah over the summer we released a two-track promo thing and we had like a little bit of lineup changes and stuff so i guess now is like ever since like this summer it's been like kind of the current form of where we're at right now and everything since then ever since we put out that that one like the two track thing it's been really cool everyone's been seeming to enjoy it so we're looking forward to everything that's like coming up for us you know all right i kind of want to backtrack a bit how did you uh, convince your mom to let you book shows in the basement that just sounds so wild to me (laughs) yeah i mean um so first let me try to like, well, my, okay. I had a deal with my mom where everybody, first of all, everyone had to like stay in the basement. Nobody can like go anywhere else in the house except for like to use the bathroom. And as long as like, I like cleaned up everything, like literally immediately, like, like once the last band playing played their last like chord and we're like, all right, we're done. Like, once that happened, like I had to like clean up every single thing, like make it perfect. And I got all my friends that came to like help me everything. Like we would, we have this whole cleanup team, clean it all up. I would run upstairs and like clean the shit out of the toilet because like not clean the shit literally, but like, like figuratively clean the shit out of the toilet. Yeah. Just so like, just so I just had to make sure everything was like spotless. And then that was like the deal that we had. Like I could do it as long as everything's like, I clean everything up and make everything really nice. Oh, go ahead, sir. Yeah, Jason, go ahead. I don't know. I was just saying the shows there were were fucking sick. 
for like the shows that he booked. And was it mainly just like like more local bands from uh, your area, or would you actually get like some bigger bands like you know touring through your part of town to play the basement? Um, it was mostly local bands because it was like just when I was like these are the first shows I was booking, so I was just trying to like like just trying to do whatever I could to like try to put something cool together. And by the end of it we started getting like smaller touring bands. Like um, the last show we ever did there was uh, clear focus played that and they were from Buffalo. So that, that was like part of their tour. That's awesome. But, Why did you stop doing shows in the basement? Cause uh, my mom kind of got tired of it. And I also like moved, I, I, I moved out to uh the house in New Brunswick with like a bunch of roommates, New Brunswick, New Jersey, where like I was going to school. So okay. I, we started doing shows there and that, that spot's called E block. They still do shows. Do you still book shows to this day? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Me and Jason right now, I'm out of the country for a couple months. So uh, Jason's kind of taken over, but yeah, we're still, you know, doing it, trying to book as much as we can get like bigger shows more kids coming out and it's been fun. I was going to ask you, um, why are you out of the country for so long? If, if that's okay. Yeah, no, I'm uh, doing a semester in Spain right now. Oh, for school. Okay. That, that that's um, pretty yeah, cool. For school. Okay. Cause I, I noticed, um, uh, Jason, I followed you on Instagram and I saw that you had, um, that flyer for like your last couple of shows for 2018. And I, I wasn't sure mm-hmm. if that was because um, Avery was going to be gone for so long. Yeah, the plan is there. Jason, you go ahead. Yeah, like Avery, Avery got the scholarship to go over there, and then also like our new drummer, he's actually in college in Nashville too right now. So it's like two of the members of the band are gone. It's like let's just wait until you know they come back. We'll start playing again, stuff like that. Okay, well, I, is the drummer, are you guys going to be done, like, around the same time? Yeah, once, like, the summer comes back around is when we'll all be back in Jersey. Okay, so in the meantime, like, leading up to the summer, are you guys, like, writing, like, new material, or is the band just kind of, like, on hiatus for now? Um, we just, uh, right before I left, literally like two days before I left, we recorded like, uh, a couple songs, like an EP. So oh, okay. right now we're just trying to figure out like how we're going to go about releasing that. Like we figured like this would be, since we're not really able to like play shows and stuff right now, this would be a good time to like really focus on figuring out how that release is going to be and like what we're going to do with that. And on the EP, are they going to include the two promo songs that you guys released um, in the summer? Yep. Can you say how many songs are going to be on the EP? It's going to be those two and then four new songs. Oh, wow. A six-song EP? That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Okay. Damn. Now I'm like, like wishing it was summer now so we can get the ball moving yeah. on this. Yeah. Yeah, we're excited for uh, everything we're going to do once we get back. So what was the inspiration for the EP? Because I'm not going to lie, um, when I, I listened to the two songs that you guys released, um, I was getting like serious, like a death threat vibes. Uh, um, yeah, like, 
yeah, yeah, yeah. So you, pretty pretty much like the whole thing for this EP is pretty much one life through and Madball, but one life through out the racism, of course. Okay, for sure, <laughs> definitely. That's like New York hardcore yeah. style. That thing mm-hmm. stuff, you know. Yeah, and I definitely, am really, really digging that. And I could definitely see that now that you actually came out and told me what like the influence was. And I, I seriously can't wait for the the EP to come out. Are you guys gonna try to do like a self release, or are you guys gonna try to get like a label to put it out? We're gonna try to like find a label. That's kind of like once like we're still waiting to get the mixes back, and once that we get like that back we'll i guess send it around see who if anyone's interested hopefully like you know someone will dig it and put it out for us if not i don't know we'll figure something out but you know yeah i'm sure somebody should be into it and i don't think it'll be that hard to find somebody to help you guys put it out because i based off Mm -hmm. like the two promo songs i i'm seriously like digging those two songs i think the ep will be great thank you Thank you. So can you guys tell me what the um, scene is like out there in Jersey? Because when I think of New Jersey, like bands that come to mind, um, definitely Floor Punch, the Mongoloids and like Blind Justice. Oh, yeah. So like in relation to those bands, like how far are you guys away from them? Are are you guys like like one giant scene or is it kind of like sectioned off? Right now, New Jersey is like five different scenes okay it's like years and years of like politics and drama like nothing really crazy right now but um there's like there's like a whole north jersey scene which is like you know more of like the heavy side and then there's a shore scene which is like blind justice and all those bands and then right now we're kind of like smack in the middle like central jersey where the mongoloids are from and uh so we know those guys and stuff like that. And like, so we, we, we recently, that's like, we're starting to throw bigger shows in central Jersey and all, all, most kids are coming out and stuff like that. No drama and stuff. So it's been really cool lately. Yeah. We're trying to, you know, like even like <clears throat> from like the jump, like when we started the band, like we were aware of like kind of how everything's like, it's not like every, anyone is like having like beef with each other or anything crazy like that. It's just like, everyone in Jersey kind of has their own like little corner that they go to in the scene. Every, but like for bigger shows and stuff, everybody comes together. We were trying to like when we started the band, just play with everybody and be cool with everybody. So that's kind of like, even though it's a little splintered or whatever, like we make sure we try to make sure everyone's like cool with each other and everything going goes smooth. Have you guys um, ever played? Actually, I looked at the flyers. So I, I I know you guys haven't, but um, there's like that back to school jam that happens every year. Like, how close are you guys to that? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, like we've gone, every, like every. Uh, actually, I don't know if I was. I wasn't there for 2014. I don't know. I don't know if Jason was there 2015, but I, I've been there since like the 2015 one, and like we we know Greg and. He like he'll help us out with shows and stuff every now and then, and we never played back to school game ever. But it's sick. We like I love going to it. There's always sick bands. So especially this year, it was at like a newer venue because the venue they used to do it at got shut down. So the new spot is really cool. I really like it. it's in Jersey City, right? Like literally, it's ten minute like train or ferry ride from Manhattan. 
really cool spot, really good sound and everything. What's the name of the new venue? Yeah. Uh, White Eagle Hall. Okay. White Eagle Hall, yeah. Yeah, I actually um, met Greg in person for the first time over the summer. Or was it summer? No, my timeline's so jumbled right now. It was um, during uh, like early fall. I was in Disney World, and um, my buddy Steve that I was with actually knows him personally. And it just so happens that we were um, at the same park the same day Greg was. So we like linked up, and he's actually a really nice guy. Mm hmm. I was yeah, like, I, yeah, I, oh, go I ahead, think sorry. I remember when he went to Disney. Yeah. Wait, go ahead, Jason. Yeah, he's a, he's a cool dude. We actually, uh, the other day, um, he threw a show at us. So it was at E Block. It was uh, Dead Heat, Hangman, World Demise, uh, The Fight Played, Rule Them All, and this local band called Dusters. That show was, it was pretty sick. It was on a uh, Wednesday. I wish I was there. <laughs> Yeah, that lineup is sick. I like all those bands. Um, uh, like Dead Heat from California, so I got, I've seen them like a bunch of times. But I, I really like Rule Them All. Um, my friend Keith, uh, he plays in that band, Restraining Order. He actually um, showed them to me. He was like, yo, like you got to listen to this band because I, I think he'd be into them. And he was definitely right about that. I was like, this band's so sick. And like, I wish I could see them live. Yeah, Rulemo is awesome. We we recently uh, one of the last shows we played was with them in Long Island, and they're so sick. That band, great guys, great band. Keith, shout out to Keith. Also, Keith is sick too. No, oh, I'm not surprised that um, you know Keith because uh, seriously, <laughs> that guy literally knows everybody in hardcore. Dude, he's just a genuinely like super nice guy, and like that's so awesome. Yeah, Keith is awesome, and every yeah. band he's in is sick. Oh yeah, and it's crazy because he's been in so like many bands, and he's definitely mm -hmm. been a great help to me because he's put me into contact with some people that um, was hard to reach for me, and I, I like hit up Keith, and um, he was able to make some things happen. So yeah, definitely shout out to Keith. Appreciate everything that he's done. Mm -hmm. So that show i'm um, that was at e block was that like in a, in a basement or like what kind of venue is that yeah it was it's a it's it's pretty much a house it's like five or six different different dudes and uh the basement is like it's like the ultimate like chill spot slash it's like a pretty big spot and there's a uh, like graffiti all over the walls and it's just like a cool place to have shows everybody i never had never heard of any band come and complain about it you know that everybody loves playing at e-block so it's awesome to throw shows there and do you guys get like a lot of shows in jersey because i know um some scenes uh don't get too many shows that like pass through there just because like the tour routes just mm -hmm. don't really make sense do you guys um, have that problem we've been pretty fortunate in like the past couple years where Everything's like, even like with in respect to like tour routes and stuff, even if a tour doesn't like a, a lot of times nowadays, like bigger tours don't really go through Jersey. They'll go through like Brooklyn or Philly. But like, even if they do that, it's not really a problem just because like we're, we're right in the middle. Like when I was living in New Brunswick at, at E Block, it was only like a little over an hour to get to Brooklyn and a little over an hour to get to Philly. So like, and 
And then besides like bigger bigger shows, like even there's always like every weekend there's guaranteed to be like at least one local show going on somewhere in New Jersey, which is really cool. Do you guys like traveling out of state to go to the like the different scenes like out in like uh, New York or Philly? Mm-hmm. Like are, are yeah, those guys yeah. like um, is that like pretty like um, or are they pretty welcoming to you guys from Jersey? Like how does that work? Yeah, for sure. Everybody's everybody like Jersey like just because like Jersey, New York, like Philly, that whole area is so small. Everybody knows each other. Delaware, Long Island upstate new york northeast like wilkes-barre scranton area everybody knows each other everyone's friends with each other so it's really cool to like go around to different like these different scenes and feel like it's like your home scene the same like just because like you know everybody everyone's chill like it's always it's just cool to like have friends in all these different cities okay actually uh actually last night uh i went out to uh the restraining order show with uh, red vision and uh Somewhere in the middle of Pennsylvania, but we were hanging out with uh, Pete Maria. Uh, I think you interviewed him a couple weeks ago, right? Yes. Shout out to Pete. He's an awesome guy. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was definitely fun having him on the podcast. Weird, yeah. So, like, yeah, it's, everybody knows everybody, and everybody, everybody talks and communicates, and it's pretty cool. That's awesome. I, I feel like, um, I don't know if I'm just like not that well connected, but I'm from, you know, Southern California. The scene out here is pretty big. We got like, you know, LA, Orange County, San Diego, and NorCal. We, we got the scenes up there. But as far as like neighboring states, um, like Arizona, Nevada, I, I don't feel like that close to those guys just because it's yeah. such a long drive. Cause like for me to get to yeah. um, Las Vegas, it's, it's like a four hour drive. Or if I want to get down to Arizona um, to like Yuma where my buddy Jeff books, like all the shows, that's like another four hour drive. Um, and, and it's just like so far and to do like a day trip sucks because I have work and that kind of blows. But for you guys to be able to drive across so many States in such a, like a short, like amount of time, I, I think that's like pretty mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Like just like the geography of how it is out here, like all the States are so small and it's just like, like you can like drive, like I could drive four hours and from New Jersey and end up in like DC, Northern Virginia, like, or if I go the other way, like I could end up in like Boston, maybe not four hours to Boston, but still like everything's like so much closer over here. So I guess that kind of leads to like stronger connections in between the different cities. But I mean, is it like, I guess, yeah, like you said, um, out in California, do people like go in between like San Diego, like are, are people like in San Diego, like going all the shows in LA and vice versa, or is it like, a little different there's uh people that do go to like all the shows because um where i'm at in orange county to to get to la with like no traffic it's probably like 40 minutes just depending on like what part of la and to get down to san diego it's probably like an hour and 45 minutes so to get between Mm -hmm. like those three scenes it's not that big of a drive so um actually a lot of people do hit like like all the shows like in those three scenes so you see a lot of familiar faces at, the, at those shows that's cool i never like 
I only went to California when I was like a little kid. So I really would love to like go out there and like go to the shows out there and stuff. Yeah, it's definitely an experience. Uh, It's always crazy when I like talk to bands that are on tour and like on them just being like so excited to like finally be able to be in California and play a show. Because like a lot of the times I'm like under the impression that like a lot of the bands like um, really look forward to playing like our state. Which to me is awesome. I, I I think that's cool to hear that um, people from different states are excited to come play here. Um, but for me, like it's just a, like a, a normal show because this is like all I've been doing like my whole life. I've never really been to like a whole lot of shows like outside of my state. Yeah. When you uh, came to California when you were a kid, was that just for like family vacation? Yeah, just make, like family vacation. Do you remember yeah, what you guys cool. did? I brought my skateboard and like went to different skate parks and stuff. It was cool. I mean, okay. So like when I was really little, I was like a huge Green Day fan. When I was like 10 years old, I was like obsessed with Green Day. Okay. So like, like, uh, I made my parents drive me to, uh, like the Gilman, that like that club in Berkeley. Yeah. Still there. Yeah. So like, I, <laughs> that's like what I did. I wanted to like go see that. Oh, and, so your, your, your like parents took you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we were, uh, it was like we were staying in San Francisco. Okay. And then, like, we, we drove there just to, like, see it. It was, like, the middle of the day. Like, there was no show going on or anything. We were just there, and I, I don't know. That was, like, it. I was just really happy to see that place because it's, like, where Green Day got their start. And I was obsessed with Green Day. That's awesome. It sucks that there wasn't a show going on, but I, I think it's cool that your parents were yeah. down to take you to just yeah. go check it out. Yeah. Cause it's definitely a cool venue and surprisingly it's mm-hmm. still around to this day and it still gets yeah, some that's good shows. Cool that, like, it's cool that it's like still doing like sick shows. I feel like, I don't know, maybe it's like, I don't know if it's like this, but like, I feel like it's like the West coast version of CBGB's almost where it has that like legendary status, except obviously CBGB's isn't really a thing anymore, but sort of kind of like that. Yeah. Like, on the, like the West coast version, I guess. Yeah, definitely get what you're saying about that. Yeah, it's definitely legendary. Like a ton of cool shows have been there. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure uh, there's a show there tonight. I, I think that Rotting Out show is yeah. going to be there tonight. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. I have my friends in uh, Dare. They're, they're, they're on that build too because they, they played this the same show last night in L.A. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that new Rotting Out song is really sick. I'm really happy they're putting stuff out again. Yeah, and, um, it, it was like a bummer when um, all, all that stuff went down with the singer, mm-hmm. and uh, they just kind of had to like put everything on hold, and like they like broke up. That sucked because they were such like t- to me. Like I thought they were going to be that band that just kept going, you know, like a Mad Ball or like a Terror, just a like one of those hardcore bands that's yeah. just around, you know. Um, so like when they stopped, I was like bummed. But then when they came back, I was like, okay, this is awesome. Like I'm happy that that they decided to not actually call it quits and to come back and keep doing music because they were like very impactful for the LA scene and just for hardcore in general. Yeah, totally. Just for hard like. I, I mean, I don't want to like speak for Jason, but like, I know that like, like riding out, like for when we were like getting into hardcore, that was like the band. And that was one of the bands that like, for, for me, it was like, oh, wow. Like bands like, like that, like hardcore punk, like style of music. That's not like some old thing that like people did in the eighties. Like that's still 
current and relevant, which was one of like the reasons why I like that like brought me like into hardcore. So riding out, yeah, they're fucking awesome, and I'm happy that they're still around doing stuff. How did you guys get into hardcore? Uh, Jason, you want to go first? Are you is Jason still on the line? I hope yeah, so. Man. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 I just listen. Um. All right. So like, uh, like me and uh, the dude from Pure Grip that plays in Fence Cutter Juan, we were, we, me and a couple other dudes, we were just, uh, we were always into like punk music, Black Flag and Bad Brains and all that shit. And one day, uh, my boy's mom comes home and she was like, "Oh, we were at Zoomies." And uh, there was this band there, and they were passing out stickers. You just check them out. So I took the sticker, and on the sticker it said Terror Keepers of the Faith. So we ended up checking out the band. You know, we thought it was cool. You know, like, we were just like, word, hair, like, wow. Like, we obviously never heard anything like it before, but we didn't really think too much about it. But, like, a couple weeks later, I started, like, looking up bands that sounded like terror, just, like, going through the suggestions and bands, like, that were on the side of the YouTubes. And then that's when, like, I found out about Rotting Out. And then I showed it to all of them, and we were just, we we just started bumping hardcore. Turnstile after that, Cruel Hand, all these bands, we just started finding them. And from there on, that's just how it went. That's awesome. That's that's so random that she like was at Zoomies and got these like random terror stickers. But I think that that's pretty awesome. Like, what are the chances of that? Yeah, exactly. Um, for me, it was sort of similar how like what Jason was saying, where like when I was like, I, I don't know, I was like fourteen, fifteen, where I was really into like all the, like the early like. 80s kind of punk and hardcore stuff like I was really into like Minor Threat I love still love The Descendants um, so sort of stuff like that and I was like wow like this music's awesome but it's a shame that like people don't make music like this anymore and like this doesn't really exist so like at, like anymore so like at the same time as that like my like modern connection with that to like was like being into bands like pop punk bands like Story So Far and The Wonder Years and stuff like that and uh the story so far and running out did a tour together and I went to that and like the bass player like was like sound checking his bass and like playing like the riff from my age from the descendants and like I was just like and then they played their set and I was like holy shit like this is like descendants and minor threat and all that stuff that I love but like it's like happening right in front of me and it's like now and like relevant and like this is so cool so like from them from there I was like I started getting into like turnstile and stuff like that and then i went to like a show that was like i, I got to see turnstile like a show that was just like all hardcore bands and i was like yeah like i was seeing like like a like a show live that's like 100 percent hardcore bands not just like riding out playing on a show supporting the story so far or whatever like a full-on 100 percent hardcore show seeing that for the first time was i was like holy shit, like, this is literally the coolest thing in the world, and I'm just gonna, like, go to every single hardcore show I possibly can for the rest of my life, and, yeah, so, that's where I got, how I got the 
now, the hardcore, I guess. The real question is, do you still listen to the story so far? Yo, honestly, I like, well, first of all, like, uh, that first album that they did is holds up really, really good. Under and Soil and Dirt. I sort of kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, it's a good, it's a genuine, like, I stand by, that's a good album. Okay. And, um, I kind of fell off, like, in pa- the past couple of years. Like, I, like, I was like, like, they would put out records and I just ne- never got around to listening to them. But then the new one that they put out has some tracks. I listened to a couple of them. It's good. I liked it. Okay. Proper dose. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I feel like it's definitely uh, like a cool record, but not my favorite out of all of theirs. I honestly think mm-hmm. um, Under Soil and Dirt is probably like my favorite record that they've ever put out. Yeah. There was just like, like that was, I don't know, something about like that record and that time for like that kind of music was just, it was like, like a certain like time and place, like nothing like that's ever going to happen again. Like that same energy, like it's, it really and it really captured that I think, which yeah. is really cool. Yeah, I like that they um, still shows support for like hardcore bands because they've taken out mm-hmm. um, like you know Turnstile, Terror, Rotting Out. So. Yeah, for sure. Recently, uh, like last year in New Jersey, they it was like they 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 were doing a tour with Drug Church and for, they did two nights in Asbury Park and they had. Crust opened up one night and Blind Justice opened up the other night, which was really cool. And it was like, it was cool for me because I was there flyering for shows that I was booking. So it was cool to like get like my flyers out to kids who were like into hardcore, kind of like liked what they saw like at that show, but like I guess weren't like didn't really know like what the next step was, like how to go about like maybe getting more involved in hardcore. So it was cool to be at flying at a show like that so because it was i got i got to get exposure to like new faces yeah because that that's kind of like you you were at that story so far show and you didn't really mm-hmm. know about exactly. riding out and that just kind of changed like your whole tune yeah i think like it's important to have like those kind of crossover ish not crossover like suicidal tendencies crossover but like like a crossover between like any two different genres. I think it's important when uh, you're trying to like get new people involved in, in the scene. Like another example of that was uh, a couple years ago, turnover was like, I guess they were doing a tour. They were like passing through New Jersey. So I guess on like an off date, um, the shore dudes, they set up a show at the, their venue, the brick EMS, like a, like a EMS hall where it was turnover. And then like they had crust open, and uh i don't remember who else played but like like literally when we got to that show it was like me and my friends like the short people and then just like a bunch of like random turnover fans but at the end by the end of that night every single person walked out of that venue with like a crust t-shirt and like for them it was like really cool i guess to see like a hardcore band for i'm assuming for the first time and i'm sure for a lot of them it put them on a hardcore and hopefully now a couple of those kids are involved in the scene yeah i i I think hardcore and pop punk they're always going to be like closely linked Mm -hmm. 
And especially with like um, record labels like Pure Noise kind of like stepping in more into hardcore and signing bands like um, Rotting Out. Um, yeah. which is funny because we, we see we, we keep like bringing them up um, but it's not by um, it's not on purpose it's all by chance but uh, with, with labels yeah. like that stepping into hardcore and signing bands to um, to their label with like you know that's like not made up of hardcore bands I, I think that's cool and mm-hmm. I don't and I don't really see a problem with that. I I, I think it's cool because um, yeah, for, to like have I mean like your music tastes like be more than just hardcore or more than just pop punk. I I think it's great to have like an open mind and listen to more than one type of music. Yeah, hundred percent. Like I don't know if I was only listening to hardcore, like I would want to jump off a cliff or something. Cause just because like. I think it's more variety, like in the music I listen to besides show. I love hardcore, but like, you know, I also like the sound of people singing or maybe not just like super loud, distorted guitars all the time. So, I mean, it's cool. I definitely think it's cool to like be into like many different kinds of music, 100%. Even like in our band, like it's funny, like if we go on like a long car ride to play a show, like anywhere, it's always going to be like, we'll like start listening to my listen to hardcore or whatever and then like our drummer will start playing like hank williams or some like random country shit and then like jason will like want to explode like having to deal with like listen to country he'll put on like some like 90s hip-hop or something and then like on the way back when we're all tired and chilling i'll put on like john coltrane or like some like chill like jazz music like we all like a bunch of different stuff Okay, real quick before we get away from uh, pop punk, um, are you guys familiar with that um, place in New Jersey, Glassboro? Uh, am I pronouncing that correctly? Yeah, Glassboro. That's like South Jersey, which is like not really our area. Like that's like more like by Philly. It's like kind of far from yeah. yeah, I know Glassboro. Yeah. Okay, so there's this pop punk band um, from there, and I literally ask anybody that I ever talk to that's like from Jersey, because I just want to know like what happened to this band, or like are the members doing like anything else? But there was this pop punk band from there called True Things. Have you guys ever heard of them? No, (laughs) no. To be honest, okay. This was like, uh, like, uh, so they they put out like. Um, like a full length out in 2010 and then like they did like two like mm-hmm. EPs like um, in 2011 and 2012 so I, I'm just like I have to ask so it, it's, yeah it's, I it, mean at at that time period like South Jersey was such a and Philly was like such a big scene like for pop punk like uh, I mean that's like where Man Overboard is from like South Jersey like there were so many bands at that time so many like shows yeah there was like nah, a I don't know there was like a huge pop punk scene in that time. Like so many bands came out from New Jersey pop punk, like in that time frame. So yeah. Yeah, like I, w- I would watch um, their videos online, and I knew they were all har- like hardcore kids because like the, the singer would be wearing like you know bitter end merch or like uh, turnstile stuff. So I-, I figured somebody has to know them at at some point. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure like a, every. I'm sure like South Jersey heads or Philly heads would know them. Okay, all right. Well, the search continues. <laughs> I'll, I'll just just <laughs> keep asking around. It's it's totally fine. But um, you guys brought up Man Overboard. Did you guys ever get into that band? 
That's all, Jason. Jason, you got this. Yeah, um, I actually, me and my girlfriend actually went to go see them. They did like a couple little, uh, I, I guess, reunion shows. Oh, so recently? Did, yeah, just in December, they played a show um, in Asbury Park. And um, so me and my girlfriend went out. And uh, yeah, I, I'm honestly like, that's like a guilty pleasure for me. Like, as far as, so far as like Avery's thing, but Man of War Board is like my thing. Definitely. That's awesome. I'm actually a huge Man Overboard fan. I saw them on their like little uh, farewell thing before they went on hiatus, and they played like a, like over an hour. It was it was awesome. They played in Anaheim at the Chain Reaction, and they haven't been back since. So when I saw that they did those little like reunion shows, I'm like, okay, that's awesome. I'm hoping they eventually um, get back to touring and maybe make it back out to California because I think that, that would be awesome. I'm sure they, I'm sure they will eventually. Um, yeah, I think like most of the band like had kids, anyways. Actually, the uh, the uh, the guitarist, like the main singer, he plays in a hardcore band from Jersey, like South Jersey, called uh, Garland Green. Ooh, I didn't know that. I'll definitely have to check that out. Yeah, they're like a they're like a heavy hardcore band. They're pretty cool. I always thought it was weird when I when I'd see them live and they'd have like three uh, three guitar players. I was like, is that really necessary? Guess <laughs> he pulls up the sound. I don't know. I don't know. Whatever. I, I don't really know that much about it, but it sounded good. I always had a good time seeing them live. Um, funny story. I, the first time I ever saw them, it was, um, I, I want to say sound and fury 2010. Um, wow. this, yeah, it, it was pretty crazy. Cause I, I saw them like on like the flyer and, and I, I couldn't believe it. I was like, this is cool. I was like, I, I got to go to a hardcore fest, see a bunch of awesome hardcore bands. And then also this like pop punk band's going to be here. Like and like a lot of kids at the time it, it wasn't like cool to like be like into pop punk and i don't even know if it's cool now but i still liked it so i was there just like having like the time of my life because i was like this is just so cool yeah that's the coolest thing when like especially festivals like when they'll it'll be a hardcore festival but you'll see like a pop punk band or something like that on a hardcore bill like that's why like that's kind of like why back to school jam is kind of so cool in Jersey. And a lot of kids come out to that. And, uh, Greg really does a good job in bringing in bands that, um, are not hardcore. Like one of the years he had turnover this year, fiddlehead played, um, fiddlehead's so sick. Yeah. Superhaven played one of the years and like all bunch of people like that. I know who are not into hardcore would go out to the shows and now are into hardcore because you know, they saw turnstile play right after turnover. You know, I think that, um, it's, I like, I think every, if there was enough exposure between the two genres, I think every person that maybe not every person, but almost every person that likes pop punk would like find some way like to appreciate hardcore and get into hardcore. Like, I think it's important to like definitely have that exposure because it's such a, like really like when it comes down to it, they're very similar genres of music with similar uh like they come from the same roots basically like there shouldn't be i don't i don't know why there needs to be like so much separation between the two 
Yeah, I, I always thought it was funny how like certain bands would cross over and be like super popular in both, like bands like um, Backtrack, Newfound Glory, um, Newfound Glory um, Expire, like. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you know people would call them like uh i i don't even know where the term uh like came from but like i, I would always see it on like tumblr people would call it like girlfriend hardcore um and oh, yeah, yeah, yeah still like to me that, that doesn't really make sense but um mm-hmm. I, I always thought it was interesting how like there would be just like a couple bands that would um make it into like both genres when yeah like, i mean go ahead yeah, I see what you mean. Like, I see what you mean. What you're saying. Like, I mean, Newfound Glory would be like the other way, like pop punk band that like a lot of people in hardcore like, but like hardcore bands that like people. I mean, like, what's it like? I don't understand. Like, uh, people calling it girlfriend hardcore, or whatever. Like, is silly to me because I mean, they're it's just like those are just really popular hardcore bands that just got so popular that people in similar genres and similar scenes also into them like backtrack is still like and it's still like a huge band so i mean yeah like a lot of people like like them and that shouldn't really be an issue that a lot of people like there, the band there should always be like a uh a band that is popular and should tour on like a pop punk bill or like a hardcore band playing on a metalcore post hardcore bill there should always be a band that does that because at the end of the day, how are kids going to be exposed to those bands? Like what happened with Avery, he saw Riding Out at the Story So Far show. That would have never happened if Riding Out never played. And so there, there should always be bands doing that, you know, crossing over playing gigs with pop punk bands and pop punk bands playing gigs with hardcore bands, vice versa, you know? Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I feel like... Um... <laughs> we see more of like hardcore bands playing on like pop punk tours, but I don't really um, see the opposite, which um, confuses me. Cause like, I, I think it would be fine. I, I think if a pop punk band um, was willing to do it, they could find success in it because there are a lot of people mm-hmm. in hardcore that like that kind of music. I think it, I think it's like, you know, before you get into hardcore, you don't, you know, you don't really know the ethics and everything about hardcore and stuff like that. So, you know, obviously there needs to be some type of gatekeeping when it comes to like a band wanting to play on a hardcore show or something like that. Now, obviously, like if a group of kids who have been involved in hardcore start a pop punk band and want to go on a tour with a big, bigger band, like let's just say Title Fight. Like their, you know, their older stuff is very, you know, pop punkish and stuff like that. But those kids grew up as hardcore kids, and they were able to do really cool things with that. You know. Yeah, I, I, I definitely feel like, um, if you're in a pop punk band but had some sort of like hardcore affiliation, that kind of um makes you like, uh, like a little bit cooler, if if that makes sense. Do, do you guys get that? Yeah, I understand what you're saying. I mean, there's a lot. Of, I mean, I get a thing and I, I, a reason. I, I, so Wait, hold on. I'm sorry. The, the connection seems a little off. Um, can you hold on? Sort of more second? like aimed towards, towards like. Uh, okay, there we go. I guess like lack of a better. Oh, wait, can you hear me? 
Yeah, sorry. You you sounded like a robot for like a little okay. bit, but you sound fine now. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. But yeah, like, I guess like a lot of, like, people kind of stigmatize pop punk, I guess, because it's more like a quote-unquote, like, money-making kind of business-oriented sort of genre where they're more focused on, like, what's cool or whatever. And, and also, a lot of times, those bands aren't representing themselves. They have, like, a manager or whatever, or they're being represented by their label or something so i guess for a lot of them it's like 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 the idea of touring with a hardcore band would seem like a, a bad business move or something like just because there's a lot of business that gets involved a lot of like music industry kind of mumbo jumbo that gets involved in like pop punk so i guess i could see why maybe the like you'll see hardcore bands touring with pop punk bands but you'll see the other like see it the other way around yeah, it, it kind of sucks when, um, like, th- obviously people want to make money or have to make money. So when the business side, like, you know, comes in and kind of, you know, ruins the fun, uh, that bums me out sometimes. But the same tune, like, mm-hmm. I get it, you know, like, your band is your brand so you can't just go out you know playing shows willy-nilly because there's like a lot of people behind the scenes that um have money riding on your band and like the image so it's just certain things you can't do and i mean that's also like um you're going back to title fight like that's what's cool about them is like they're a band like with like they don't they weren't a band trying to make money or anything or like i don't i mean i don't know if they have a or whatever but they would tour they would do like stadiums or rise against or whatever and then they would do like hardcore tours which is sick i think and honestly maybe this could be so successful like they weren't just trying to like money or whatever they would they were just trying to like and that's what you know music is play music is about like not it's not it's not about trying to make more having fun with your friends doing like traveling and stuff yeah they they were one of those like special bands that um were able to just make it in all forms and they were just like super special like first time i saw title fight was sound and fury 2009 and then to see them grow to be able to play like bigger tours bigger bands um like warp tour coachella fest and just to be able to see them grow to something like that big I thought was awesome and based off like the music and um, everything, I don't think they were doing it for the money. I think that was just something that just kind of came yeah. along with it. Yeah. Which is awesome. Like there's nothing wrong with having success. Like as long as you fix your ethics and like, you know, like they, like I would like, that's definitely not a band that's or anything ridiculous. Like, they're a good band and everything they got they, they were a good band yeah you would not believe um how many like angry messages i got when i posted the um the flyer for coachella this year and i tagged turnstile like i got so many like angry messages from people like trying to um like 
asked me like like really upset like oh like are you really gonna pay all that money just to go see turnstile like like that's ridiculous like that's not hardcore yeah Oh, that's crazy. I didn't even know that. Yeah. So, um, so this year, like the the bands that are playing that are like, you know, from our scene is uh, Turnstiles playing on Friday, Turnovers playing on Saturday, and then Sunday, Razor Bumps is playing. That's good for those. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I think it's like super cool. Oh, like a bunch of new hardcore kids to our scene that's that's really sick yeah they're definitely the uh, turnstile um is the type of band obviously like every show they're full of energy like the performance on stage is always awesome the music's good live so i feel like it's going to be a really good thing for them to, to play this fest and they're definitely going to like attract like a lot of new fans that probably have no idea like what hardcore is yeah, I don't like that, like, black crossover band right now for, like, the band, like, goes out of hardcore for, like, a bit, plays shows that are outside of hardcore to, like, kind of bring some new fans in to the scene, which is really cool. Yeah, I, I don't ever think it's a bad thing when um, bands get big like that when they you know just stay mm-hmm. true to um who they are I, I feel like it's never an issue and like i, I understand why people would be upset because they get bigger and sometimes it's not cool to like the popular band but um if, if the music's still yeah. good I, I feel like you know it, it shouldn't be a problem and people should um stop being like negative about them being on like one of the biggest festivals in the world Yeah, for sure. I mean, people, I mean, I guess for some people, it's like, especially if they were there from like the beginning of a band, it's like when a band is smaller and you're a fan of them, it's like, oh, well, this is mine. Like, this isn't yours. You don't know about this. This is my little secret that I have. And when a band blows up, that secret kind of gets out. And when everybody knows about it, that kind of loses the appeal for some people, I guess. But it is what it is. There's a million bands you could be a fan of yeah i always feel like uh in those like early days of bands those are the times like i feel like you should cherish and like appreciate in the moment because bands are either gonna like grow and get bigger and those things are just gonna be a time of the past or the band won't get any bigger than that and they'll just end up breaking up and that's it so it's just like i feel um you got to just enjoy every moment because you never know like where the band's gonna go um i i wanted to ask about um uh jason you listen to hip-hop yeah i do yes i do um, like what, what about, uh, current rappers? Are you into any of the current stuff going on or are you just about like the stuff from the nineties? Um, as in like newer stuff, as of like recent past couple years, um, I really like all the pro era stuff, like Joey Badass, like all that boom bat stuff. Okay. Um, so, 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 this is not, uh, Nas record is really good and probably my favorite hip-hop artist from the past couple years is definitely Kendrick Lamar 
Okay. So what about like guys like Lil Yachty? Do you think he has bars or you're just not into that? I'm honestly, I'm honestly not into that. Um, I feel like, I feel like most of the stuff that gets played on the radio is not, it doesn't, doesn't touch, you know, real hip hop, you know? There's hip hop that's made. I like Lil Yachty. What's up? I like Lil Yachty. Go on. Oh yeah, every time. Oh yeah, Okay. <laughs> so what were you like, saying? Sorry. There's hip hop that's made for like, you know, top forties, and there's hip hop that's made for culture in the streets and stuff like that. And um, you know, like being from Jersey and stuff like that, there's so much hip hop, and you know, New York area, there's so much hip hop, and. Um, I just love listening to the to that style, especially like '90s Wu Tang Clan, you know, Mob Deep, all that stuff. That's just that's like lately I've been listening to that stuff more than hardcore, to be honest. Especially in the winter, I don't know why, but when it's cold, hip hop is the best, especially East Coast hip hop. There's this um, younger kid. Shout out to um, Milkbone. To, to who? I'm sorry. Milkbone. He's uh from like the city that Jason lives in. From like he was a rapper from the nineties. Okay, hell yeah. All yeah, right. this yeah yeah. This dude Milkbone. He uh, you should definitely check him out. He um, he was from like he released his rec- first record in like ninety five, and um, he he signed to like Capitol Records, and um, nothing ever happened to him. He didn't you know get get really big. His the record the record was awesome. And um, the problem was, like, Capitol Records, like, fucked them over and, like, they, like, laid off their whole urban section of their label right when he was about to release the record. So there was barely, like, I think there was only, like, a couple hundred records printed, like, out on vinyl. And it was only getting, like, it was getting, like, Hot 97 radio play for a bit. But, you know, if the record label's not pushing it, um, you know, no one's going to really listen to it. You know, he's not, you know, you're not going to get anywhere. So he was like trying to push himself, you know, try to get on other record labels, but it just didn't work. And he just kind of, like, he didn't stop, but he didn't get famous, you know? Definitely back then, um, if, if you didn't have that like record label push and love from the radio, it was nearly impossible to get like any exposure, which definitely sucks because things like uh, you know Twitter, SoundCloud today, like it, it, it's not that hard to get exposure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, this is the best time like, to be an independent artist. They're like he's he's definitely like a New Jersey underground legend, but. You know, outside of Jersey, I don't know anybody who's ever, you know, I'll ask people all the time if, you know, if they're into hip hop, that they know about, you know, Milkbone, but nobody knows outside of Jersey. All right. Well, I'm definitely going to have to check that out because I'm definitely a, a fan of the music, but I, I feel like I, I get a lot of flack because I follow, um, have you heard of that guy, Adam22? Oh yeah, yeah. I, I honestly I watch some of those interviews. I know he's got like some controversy, but I haven't like took the time to actually like dig into 
what his deal is. I know he's also like a hardcore guy. Yeah, yeah. So he, um, uh, from what I understand, he uh, was in New York for a little bit, and he did an interview with uh, the the dudes in incendiary. Yeah. So I was like, okay, yeah. th- this is awesome because like I, I vaguely remember him from like posting on the B nine boards, and other than that, like I've only seen like his YouTube mm-hmm. stuff and listened to his podcast. Um, so I. Uh, I'm always interested in the rappers that he gets on and not all, all of them are good. Um, but he definitely is like has interviewed some, I think some talented people. Sorry, you like, uh, I don't know, sounded like a robot. Like a, okay. Wait. Uh, okay. Do I sound better now? No, you sound like a robot. Okay, wait, hold on. <laughs> hold on one second. Let me, um, maybe we can. Um, oh, you sound good now. Oh, b- better now? Hello? Talk again. Is it all good? Or do I still sound like a robot? You still, you still sound like a robot. Okay. Can we. Uh, oh, now you're good. Oh, good now? Okay. Um, yeah, I, I was just yeah, saying that. Um, uh, he's gotten on some like talented people, but not everybody he's interviewed has been good. Mm-hmm. There's this group that he interviewed, and um, I was curious if you ever heard of uh, one member in particular. Um, he interviewed uh, three guys, um, and they're part of like this group called uh, YBN. There's like YBN, Namir, Almighty J, and Corday, and I think Corday's the probably the most talented one because he um sounds like a real like lyricist and actually something like from the 90s so i was curious if you ever heard of him no i'm gonna no, have, have to check him. that out okay i'll definitely dm you and send you like his instagram so you can check him out because he's um newer and he, he honestly doesn't even have like a like a record out he only has like a couple songs recorded and i think like maybe like two music videos but i i think he's awesome for being like a young kid word cool yeah definitely send me that hell yeah definitely uh send you that link so you can check it out and i'm curious to hear what you think because like i'm not like a like i'm not super deep in the culture i'm just a fan of it so i'm always i'm curious to hear what um, people think who actually um are like deep into it so i'm definitely looking forward to hearing what you think about him yeah cool yeah definitely definitely uh, send it my way and uh, do you guys uh, get like do rappers play your guys area like a lot um there's like two rappers based in new brunswick that will pop on some of our shows sometimes uh there's um uh barzan the barbarian because i guess yeah, he goes by barzan this is him and then there's uh our other boy he raps into the name N G G A, and he like that guy. He's like it's like I don't know. Like it's like a the music is like it's death grips was like recorded in somebody's kitchen on an iPhone, and he like just like I don't know. It's just like the craziest shit in the world, and like you have to like 
see it live and like it's, I don't know it's so and like he like goes on these long random tangents in between his songs that are like confusing and at the same time like absolutely <laughs> hilarious but like yeah like but that's what, I mean like I don't know like I feel like there's not like much of like a local rap scene the same way that there's a local hardcore scene at least like in New Jersey I mean I've seen like that there's like rap shows and stuff that go on in um, like Philly but but uh not like that I mean no wait I'm sorry no those are not my gloves I'm sorry someone asked me about if some gloves are mine I don't I don't know but uh okay so um yeah no I don't think that like uh there's like the same kind of like local hip hop scene in Jersey the same way it might exist in other places but at the same time like I'm not really that involved in hip hop so I don't really know that's like pretty interesting because I'm in Southern California and I have this like local venue called uh, the observatory and they book all different types of genres in that venue and they have like a like a main room and a small room so there's like tons of rap shows that always like go through there so like i've seen like a lot of um famous rappers uh perform there and like a lot of hardcore bands pop punk bands so i was just curious if anybody like just stroll through your area no i mean i think philly more and uh there's like um our friends in the band miracle like philly yeah, like like no option. They'll like play like rap shows, like but they're a hardcore band. So I know that there has to be some kind of rap scene if they're like playing those shows. But I don't know, Jason said New York City. Too. Yeah, pretty much like New York City and Philly. There's like a small scene in like Newark and Asbury Park. Small hip hop scenes, but besides that, it's like you know, if you're a rapper you wanna play in those those cities. Okay, and um, that band, No Option, they're like a younger band, right? Yeah, yeah, they're like our age. I think, actually, the drummer is like younger than me, so yeah, they're a young band. I don't think I even know, but how old are you guys? I'm 20. I'm 21. Wow, okay, that's that's awesome. That is pretty young i honestly feel like an old man um hearing that you guys are uh, 20 and 21 but that's there's all right a, uh, go ahead newer, there's a newer band in that uh the front man is avery's little brother and the drummer is my little brother they're called uh brute you should definitely check them out they're all they're all uh, 15 and 16 year olds okay uh, do, do they have like a band camp yeah, Brew yeah, Hardcore, right? Or whatever? Something like that. I don't know. We can, I'll, I'll send you the link for sure. That's awesome. But, and then also there's another band uh, in, in Buffalo, Fault Line, who are also like, like 15, 16-year-old kids, which is sick because, I mean, I feel like everybody like should be and is involved in hardcore, but I think like it's very important to have that like connection to the youth and teenagers because that's kind of, I guess, where it came from. So it's always really cool to see really, and also 
cool to see really young kids involved because that means that there's going to be another generation of this to come, which is awesome. I think it's very important that um, the youth are involved and, um, you know, people are uh, like introducing hardcore to new people and like actually doing things to support the scene. So I I think it's really cool to hear that there's like um, young kids from out there starting new bands because they definitely are the future because without uh, new kids popping up and starting new bands and um, like uh, you guys like booking shows like without all that like this thing you know can't exist so the the fact that people are still around um and uh willing to put their own time and effort into keeping this alive is like i think very awesome yeah definitely yeah, it's, it's honestly it's part of the reason why I do this because I love hardcore and not every guest I have on is like hardcore, but I still like that's like my, my main focus is I, I, I want to have um, people on um, who's like in bands or does anything to the scene or for the scene that I'm a fan of. I, I just want to have people on and um, help spread the word and, uh, you know, just keep this uh, whole thing going. Yeah, definitely, man. Yeah. Podcasts are podcasts are sick, man. Mm-hmm. I think it's cool how hardcore is like so able to adapt to like as time goes on, and I think that right now, like seeing like how hardcore is adapted to like this social media internet kind of age has been really interesting. Like how like now there's like hardcore podcasts and there's like hardcore Facebook groups and like how like before it was hardcore message boards and before that it was, I mean like there's still fanzines now, which is awesome. But like, especially like before the internet, like that was kind of like the thing. So it's cool to see like how the scene adapts over time or like now there's also like the videos and like the live videos, like eight, five, six and stuff, which I also think is really interesting. I think like, I don't know, like this is my little like weird theory, but I think that, the way how hardcore it kind of adapts really fast and she and like 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 is one of the first things to like latch on to newer social trends like in I guess like our culture or whatever I think that eight five six and like feet first productions and like videos like that I think that's sort of like something that's almost like ahead of its time and one like weird theory I have is that like one day there's going to be some service or something online where just like concerts from every kind of music. Like you're going to be able to watch like live videos and there's going to be some database of like every single concert ever, which I don't know, like kind of like a hate five, six, but like for everything. I think that would be awesome because there's definitely a weird theory. (laughs) Yeah. No, I'm definitely into it because there's definitely um, like bands that, that I listen to that aren't hardcore that I wish um, had like Mm -hmm. somebody like a hate five, six feet for productions um, out there just recording all the sets um, because having like those uh, people like hey five six like um, you know us being able to go on YouTube uh, Vimeo or like their actual website and watch these sets um, I think are awesome because there's so many bands that I've seen through um, those websites um, that I've never seen live uh, and I, I think that 
those guys are like very important for like the preservation of hardcore, especially with the quality of videos that they're putting out. Like, you know, years from now, kids are going to be able to you know go to those websites and uh, learn a thing or two about like what hardcore was like, you know, during like our time period. So I, I think those guys are very important. Yeah, that's the document documentation of everything that goes on. is definitely something that's super important, not just like for us who are experiencing it now, like, and something that we can like look back on, but just like in the future, people who are maybe weren't a, like that weren't able to be a part of like what we're doing right now. I think it'll be really cool for them to be able to go back and have that documentation to kind of experience what we like are doing now. Yeah. It's definitely going to be important. And, um, I'm not sure, uh, like what the next step is for us, like, you know, technology wise, cause you know, cell phones are so advanced. I don't really know like what's next. Like maybe we'll finally, um, have to merge with these, um, robots. I don't know, get like tech implanted <laughs> into our bodies. I really have no idea. Um, but honestly I would be into maybe. that. I wouldn't mind getting some stuff implanted into me. I'm not going to lie. But yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe I'm just weird. I don't know. You guys didn't really say anything when I brought that up. <laughs> I mean, I don't know, like, I don't know what I would, like, because that's like, like, I feel like when you're integrate, like, your own personal body and you're being, like, with some sort of, like, technology, it kind of takes away the autonomy you have as a person, makes you more like, oh, like, there's this data that, like, is saved, like, we know what you did, where you are, where you're going, like, and that's kind of scary. I don't know. But at the same time, like just having a cell phone on you at all times, 24 seven is like enough to like, like if someone wanted to, I'm sure like the data's all there. They could track down every step I take every day of my life and where I go and what I'm doing, like what I'm watching on the internet, what I'm looking at. So maybe we're already there. Maybe it's too late to be scared. Have you guys seen that Netflix movie Bandersnatch? No, I haven't. I have. Okay. Oh, Jason saw it. Yeah, that's right. I know. Oh, I know. Okay, so Jason's seen it. So, um, Avery, basically, it's um, it's like in the Black Mirror universe. Have you heard of that TV series? Okay. So yeah, yeah, I've seen I've seen most of the episodes. Okay, so um, it, it's um, you know, in the same vein um of those like Black Mirror yeah. shows, um, but it, it's basically like an uh an interactive movie, and you basically um at certain points in the film you have to make um crucial decisions for the main character, and um. And I don't want to spoil it for you, but um, you just uh, you're basically controlling the main character, and it's just like it's like this whole like weird mind fuck on um, on us as like humans, mm-hmm. like you know, being controlled. So I, if if you haven't watched it, it's I I'm, uh, suggest you check it out because it's it's pretty cool for like what it is because there's like um, like yeah. you know different endings and like uh, secret things that you can do um, on like multiple like watches of the movie hopefully it's uh, available on Netflix and out here it is 
a lot of oh, in, oh, in Europe. Yeah, because a lot of the a lot of I don't know a lot of actually maybe I mean if it's Black Mirror, that's that's a show from the UK, so probably. But I don't know. Like right before I left the US, I was watching a lot of King of the Hill on YouTube, and not YouTube on Hulu. Okay. And now I'm out here and like they don't have King of the Hill on Hulu in Europe. So now like, I'm sad. I can't watch King of the Hill anymore. That honestly, that's crazy to me because I, you know, things like uh, video restrictions um, have never crossed my mind because I've never um, left the country for like, you know, an extended period of time. So I, I, I think that's really crazy yeah. that there's stuff out there that you can't see. Yeah, but then like, I don't know, I guess like if I want, I could watch like some weird like Spanish Netflix show. but if I wanted to, I guess, but I don't know. I've been so busy that I haven't had time to like do anything. <laughs> you're yeah, out there for, um, you said you're out there for school. Yeah. Six months. And are, are you like staying like on campus or do you have like family out there? Uh, it's like a dorm building. Um, the way they do it out here is like, they'll have like these apartment buildings set up that are like dorm buildings, but it's not like for a specific university. So like different students from various universities, like in the city that I'm staying at okay. all live in that building. But it's like, it's like across the street from the university I'm going to. And was it like a culture shock for you to um, move out there? Um, I mean, I've only been here for a week, but there's definitely some differences. Like, one thing is like that's been like annoying is everything closes between two and five. So if you want to like go to the store and it's two o'clock, like you literally can't. You have to wait till five because everybody goes home and like eats lunch and like takes a nap and like goes back. That's crazy. That doesn't sound like a lot of time to yeah. to be able to to go home and do all that stuff. I mean, uh, I, I also like every all like. Everything's pretty like walkable, or there's like really good public transportation. Like it's not like here where you have to drive everywhere. Like everybody lives kind of close by, and it's a city, so everything's like. I'm sure like if you work in a store, you like probably live in like the building where the store is in. So it's not like super crazy to have like three hours like to kill. Like it's not like oh I gotta drive all the way back home like in the states where you work like a half an hour away from where you live, but. Yeah, and I don't know what are the, um, uh, there's like other things too, but dude, that's the yeah the big one is like the the like three hours that everything's closed is like really annoying, and then also like nothing opens until like nine thirty, like there's no like twenty four hour businesses or anything. Everything like like when everything closes, like it's closed. Also like oh yeah, another thing is like. You'll eat like you'll eat breakfast when you wake up or whatever, and then you don't eat lunch till like two in the afternoon, and then you eat dinner at like ten o'clock at night. So like that space in between meals that was like hard to get used to. Like you get real hungry around like five or six, and then like you can't eat until like nine or ten because that's just people just I don't know people don't eat dinner until way later out here. How's the food out there? Are, are you like having trouble finding things that you're um, actually like into eating, or is it just like normal stuff? 
all the food is really, really good. Like, I mean, right now specifically, I'm in Madrid, which is for the weekend, like part of like uh, the program I'm in. Like we're spending like weekends in like different cities and going to like museums and stuff. It's like part of the program. So like right now I'm in Madrid and like it's a very like touristy area of Madrid. So like the food here has been like not great, but um, like the city that I'm staying in Valencia is like, like that's where like paella comes from specifically that city. Like all the food there has been like so good. Like yeah, paella. There's just from like, they eat like so much like ham, different kinds of ham that's also really good. And like all the bread is amazing. Everything's really good. It's been, the food's been really good. I've been really happy with all the food. Okay, that's good to hear because I had but like a buddy who like went like backpacking through Europe and um, he was telling me how like he was having trouble like finding things to eat. Was he vegetarian or vegan? No, uh, surprisingly um, he wasn't. But he was just uh, he said just like things just tasted different out there. Yeah, I mean definitely like if you're like vegetarian or something like that like. It would be especially like a country like Spain where the culture is like involved like so much eating meat is like such a big part of the culture. It's definitely hard like for for people that don't eat meat to like find stuff. For sure. All right. Well, I was just curious about those things since um, I, I think it's like mm-hmm. I think it's awesome and cool that you're you know out there um, for school and um, it's like a cool adventure. Yeah, it's definitely gonna be a cool experience. Well, all right. I think this might be a good place to end the podcast. I, I think we've covered about um, everything from. Uh, your band to New Jersey to you being in Spain before we go. Um, is there, uh, any thing you guys would like to shout out or plug? Uh, Jason, you want to go first? Um, yeah. Uh, shout out to everybody from, you know, the whole, the whole Amber hardcore team pretty much. Just like so much but, um, yeah, there's there's a bunch of new bands in Jersey that you need to check out. Um, a couple of them being uh, Shackled, Dusters, Player Hater, and Prospect. Those are like four bands that um, are really active right now in New Jersey and um, really deserve some attention. All right, that's yeah, awesome. For sure. Definitely, like definitely those all those bands are definitely sick. We shouted out Brute, um, like, uh, Threats of uh, Society, too. I guess, um, Threats of Society, 100%, yeah, yeah, of course. Um, some bands, like, outside of Jersey that we're all good friends with that we love, like, uh, One Step Closer from Wilkes Fair. They just put out an amazing record, like, on Triple B Records, which is crazy. So awesome. They actually... And actually, not them, but, like, the same people under, like, literally the same band under a different name. They played those one of those shows that, like, were in my mom's basement. So shout-out to them. Um, shout-out to, well, shout-out to Choice to Make and Nate for, like, uh, connecting us, like, connecting both of us together to make this happen. He's sick. 
Shout out to Warren from Wilkes Fair also. Shout out to uh, War by Other Means and Fault Line in Buffalo. Two bands that are awesome, good friends of ours. We love playing in Buffalo. Uh, Hummel from Boston, good friends of ours. Um, the whole, the, like, our, uh, yeah, well, what is it? You said no option. Shout out to, uh, and then I'm trying to, like, in my head, I have, like, a map. And, like the northeast and I'm just going like in a circle around everything for sure uh, Richmond shout out to uh, Watchdogs Red Vision and Downfall basically like three bands that like share most of the members but are all all sick bands um let's see and I think shout out to School Drugs from New Jersey too another good band um but yeah, hopefully I didn't forget anybody, but that's basically a bunch of really cool bands, a bunch of really cool dudes that we're all friends with. Hell yeah, that's awesome. I feel like that's like a solid lineup, like a lot of good bands that you guys mentioned. And I'm definitely looking forward to checking out yeah. some of those newer bands that you guys talked about that I haven't heard of. Mm-hmm. Well, all right, that's it. Thank you guys for um giving me your time i really appreciate it it definitely means a lot to me so shout outs to new jersey spain it was definitely great having you guys on <laughs> and this has been another episode of the dreamer k podcast always on top I just want to see the light